Check. 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 Welcome to the show. This is Between Two Beards Podcast. I'm your host, Brock. I'm your other host, Mike. And we are the beards that you are between. We have the Hennig family here today with us, joining us. We have Noah, right? I feel like we're adjacent. We're not between. Well, if we back up far enough, he'll be us. <laughs> yeah, you have the, the Hennigs here today. So we have Noah. Yes. And we have Ashley. That's me. And we have Abby, who's really nervous. Let's say hi. Abby, how old are you? And what grade are you in? Fifth. See, was that so hard? <laughs> She's not. This is a, an audio podcast. <laughs> She's shaking her head yes. I feel like you need to say you're like 10.9 at this point. Oh, is there a birthday coming up? Much 11. Next month. Next month. Wow. Tomorrow, next month. Tomorrow, next month. Let's say the 17th. Yeah. So tomorrow's the 18th. So March 18th. Mm-hmm. I figured that out. Brock, proud of me. I did math. Very nice. I'm so proud of you, man. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> so, well, I'll take it away since somebody's busy with this computer right now. Um, <laughs> why don't we start with, uh, we'll start with Noah. Noah, tell us your your story about, just give us a story of you coming to know Christ or then coming to know Ashley or whatever came first, whatever, however you want to do. But take us to to your younger years, where you're from, where you grew up, where you went to high school, college, the whole nine yards. You gave me like four starting points there. I'll, Absolutely. I'll pick, um, I'll pick, well, we'll start with where I'm from. Okay. Um, so I grew up in Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania. Um, I guess from originally, my family's from the Washington, D.C. area. And then we moved up to Pennsylvania when I was in third grade. Um, as far as when I came to know Christ, I was actually, man, this, we have to go way back for this. Okay. So way back, I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. But so I grew up in a household that was, uh, a part of a cult. Um, so my family was Christian science, um, which if you're familiar with Christian science, it is very much in the realm of a cult. Um, my dad was very involved in the church, Uh, My mom was involved in it, and that's how I was raised all the way up until uh, I was about six, seven, I guess, whatever kindergarten, first grade age is. Um, So with Christian science, uh, they believe that um, everything is solved by prayer. Um, They believe a lot of other stuff beyond that that's not biblical at all. But um, And because they believe everything is solved by prayer, they don't believe in doctors or hospitals or medicine or anything like that. So... Uh, my sister was a home birth. I was a home birth. Uh, and because I was a home birth, uh, they didn't catch problems I had when I was born. And uh, it ended up being that I was born with a very, very large mass in my chest on my right side. And they didn't know about it until uh, we took a trip to Florida to visit my grandparents. And uh, flying down to Florida, uh, I ended up getting these chest pains and I couldn't breathe. So um, the story that was told to me, and it's been relayed back to me, that they didn't actually drop the plane. They were going to emergency land, but they decided to let me ride it out and go to Florida. Um, But it ended up being that the pressure differential, being up in the air, 
the the mass in my chest changed size and pressed down on my lung and it caused it to not, not be able to breathe. Um, but because my family was Christian Science, they didn't think anything of it and kind of just devoted it to prayer. Never went to see a doctor, nothing like that. Uh, and then when I was in first grade, I woke up in the middle of the night at one point and went down to my mom's room. And she said that I opened the door and just kind of stood there staring at her kind of very creepily and said, uh, my sister's eating all the door and she's not saving any for me. And she said, what? And she, I repeated like Sarah's eating all the door and she's not saving me any at all. And I just was incoherent. I wasn't making any sense. Well, it turns out I wasn't getting any oxygen because my lung had collapsed. Mm -hmm. So she rushed me to, um, Bethesda Naval where I had never seen a doctor in my life never seen the hospital, nothing. And they immediately took my vitals, saw that it was a very dire situation, uh, did a local anesthetic and cut me open on my side and just put tubes in, rushed me right into surgery. And then I was um, two and a half weeks in Bethesda Naval Hospital. So, or no, Arlington National. They, they took me to Bethesda Naval, then I was transferred to Arlington National. Um, and uh, they ended up taking the tumor out. It was benign. I guess that's, yeah, benign's when it's not cancerous. Um, and they were able to get my right lung back up to like 98%. So that was uh, my childhood. So because of that, because of being raised in, in like a cult and having these weird things with all the medical stuff that caused problems with religion, I turned hard away from religion in my uh, like elementary, middle school, and high school years to the point where I was a, I like to describe myself for like, you know, 16 and 17, those years there maybe even include 15 in that I was an evangelical atheist. Like I went out of my way to tell people like everything you believe is stupid. There's, there's nothing here. Like science has proven the Bible away. Um, we used to sit around, uh, and just, I have active memories of this sitting like with my friends, I worked at McDonald's and we would sit there and talk about how like, you know, the story of Noah's Ark is just so stupid and how these people believe this and how are they still believing this with all this science showing us that, that everything is, uh, you know, been proven to be not real and, and, and God is dead and atheism is the way to go and we're the masters of our own destiny. And uh, that's how I lived my life uh, until about uh, just after my 17th birthday, my great uncle is a minister down in Georgia and he came up to Pine Creek Valley to Cedar Run, and he was going to preach on a Sunday. And uh, all of our aunts and uncles and my, my parents and my grandparents, they all made uh, all the cousins. So myself and my seven or eight cousins, we all had to go to this. And um, we sat through the sermon, and then they were going to have like a fellowship time, and we all bounced. We all went outside and just talked about how dumb it was and uh, kind of shared stories of our atheistic adventures and all the stuff we were getting into that wasn't great and um i started to drive home and i was doing this thing where like kind of like challenging or daring god like uh you're not real this is all dumb that was so stupid if you're real prove it like all this stuff on the way home and uh <laughs> i was 17 i was young and i was stupid at three things that are, are bad um <laughs> And I had a, a 1980 Ford Limited, like the Crown Vic, uh -huh. with the police package in it. So it had some oomph. Yeah. And uh, I was driving back home through the valley, and there was a straightaway with a dashed line so I could pass. And I decided I was going to pass like nine cars on this straightaway. 
and I floored it and I started to pass the cars and I got past almost all of them. And the next to last car decided he was going to pass and he pulled out and I slammed on my brakes and he didn't get over in time. And I ended up hitting this S curve at like 70, no seatbelt, old crown Victoria. So big couch in the front, big couch in the back, metal dashboard, whole nine yards, mm. no seatbelt spun out and hit the mountain. Only thing that happened is I had a pop tire. I had no bruises, no damage, nothing to me at all. So I said, okay, that seems like a, a, a challenge answered. Yeah, wow. So then I, I had a little prayer after that. I said, okay, I'm open to whatever. So then a month later, I met Ashley. Oh. And uh, I met Ashley through friends. Um, and I'm sure we, we might get to this story at some point when you talk to her and, and how she met me. Uh, so I'll, I'll save that for her because I've actually haven't heard you tell that story. When people ask, I usually tell it, but I've never really heard it from your perspective. So that, that'll be interesting. But um, so I met I met Ashley through friends, and uh, she had invited me to go to church, and I was just very interested in her. So I decided to go to church because it was more time I could spend with her. Um, and I hadn't attended that church very long, and they were advertising this guy named Steve Groman, who was going to be showing up uh, in the coming weeks, he was going to do a seven night session uh, defending the Bible um, through creationism. And I internally had a, quite a laugh. I was like, what? What? Come on. Like, you're going to you're going to defend the Bible through defending creation, like the story of like Adam and Eve and, and Genesis and the snake and the apple and all that stuff. And uh, he came to the church and we kind of flaked off the first couple of days because we were kids. But the third day, I think Ashley's mom or it might have been the youth group went that night. For some reason, we decided to go. And the night that I went, he was presenting all these things that were just flipping my world upside down. So he was presenting like polystrata trees, like trees that are petrified but penetrate through multiple layers of strata. So like I learned that the geologic column has different layers of strata and there's different millions of years through each one, but here you have this tree perfectly standing through what is supposedly six million years of dirt. Well, how does that all sit there? And he started to talk about the way that um, we can look at uh, plants and fossils of plants and see the higher oxygen content and how like in the original creation there were seven layers to the atmosphere and the water layer would have increased the barometric pressure would have increased the oxygen things would have grown large they would have been oxygen rich all this stuff he was talking about and i was just hooked so i ended up going every night after that and that was the start for me i didn't come to know christ for about two years after that but that was the start that was the catalyst that showed me the word could be trusted. So then I had some wonderful people come along beside me. Ashley, my wife, her dad, Terry, um, was instrumental in my early days. Then we had our youth leader who was our pastor's wife, Carol Manns. She was amazing, just showing me, I was a sponge and she just kept pouring in every time I would see her. Um, just so many people that were integral to getting me to the point where about two years after that, I was coming home from Ashley's house and I lived about a block away at that point and it just hit me in the middle of the night like walking back to my house like I need to do this right now I need to give my life right now and I actually like laid down in the middle of the road Jersey Shore no cars drive after five o'clock so it was fine <laughs> so I just laid down in the middle of the road and stared up at the night sky and just gave my life right then and there and been 
his ever since. So it, it's uh, it it I'm very passionate about creationism and and how that's an avenue for people, especially when you look at the science that. Um, really, when you look at evidence-based science, it can really be skewed either way, depending on what your background is. So if you're convinced there is no God, you can look at things like carbon dating, and you can look at, like, the one I always go back to is that the stars in the sky are so many billion light years away. Mm -hmm. And everyone says, okay, well, if this star is six billion light years away, then for us to see it, we must be at least six billion years old as far as the earth is concerned. And if you look at it from a secular standpoint where there is no infinite and powerful God, yeah, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. But for me, God spoke everything into existence at once. He didn't create a garden by planting seeds and then growing them. He spoke it into existence for his glory. He spoke man into existence for his glory. So he spoke the universe into existence for his glory. And to his glory, something six billion light years away, I can see mm -hmm. right away. So it, it, I'm passionate about that. So that's how I came to know Christ. That's my. St I, I know it's it's a longer story, but like, it's a wild story. Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> but that's yeah. That's how I got to where I am. All right. So we're gonna put a pause on you for a second and go to Ashley. Why don't you take us to that fateful moment from how you grew up, where you were, um, where you grew up. Um, you know, how you came to know the Lord. Something you might have had a little different, slightly different path. Uh, yes, I had. you to the wild man over there. <laughs> <laughs> I had definitely a very different path, uh, but probably more of a traditional path of coming to know Christ in the fact that I grew up in a family uh, that all went to church. Uh, my mom especially was very integral in instilling in me the idea of committing to something and then and then always doing that something that you've committed to so um, there was no not going to school there was no not going to church there was no not doing things like if you're going to commit to do doing something you're going to do it all the time it's not like I don't feel like it today so I'm not going to so um definitely Noah already talked about my dad which he was uh an integral part to me growing up he's my stepdad uh but ever since I've known him he has always poured over his bible he has always had a, a tremendous amount of faith and um and so a background for me of not really having an earthly father to start that was of a very good influence or he came around my my actual birth father came around like once a year mm -hmm. to visit me and every time he picked me up I would be scared to go with him because I'm going with a stranger yeah. and so um as far as my faith goes I, I grew up in youth group I came to know Christ at a youth group event um where they were calling people forward and I did go forward and give my life to Christ that way um but I would say the biggest thing is over time in my own faith, learning that like in what an earthly father versus uh, my heavenly father looks like. I have an example of what it doesn't look like to be a, a true father, but I also have a stepdad who was, I call him my dad because he was an amazing father. And then just being able to embrace that idea of my own faith 
of knowing that I am loved, even if I had never had a, a true earthly father that loved me, just embracing that idea of knowing Christ and knowing how much I'm loved by him. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to take you back quite a bit Love here. So I, I can't tell you the name of the event. I can't. Okay. But I can tell you that I went roller skating. Oh, yes. And I can tell you that I had never heard my mom, Sandy Patty. Okay. Oh, like, Sandy Patty. So yes. I grew up listening to Sandy Patty. I didn't grow up listening to like Christian, like any type of alternative music at all. And so when I went to this youth group event, we went roller skating and Rebecca St. James was playing. Nice. And I was like, who is this person? Voice what is angel. this music? <laughs> she was so grungy in, in any respect. I've only, I grew up in a Baptist church. So we're singing hymns. We're not, you know, I didn't know anything about any of the music world of you know worshiping christ through any other type of alternative besides maybe a hymn which of course i love hymns and you don't want to like discount sandy patty at all because sandy patty is awesome she is i'm gonna say it's really funny to hear rebecca st james is being grungy Grungy and alternative (laughs) i was like oh my gosh what is this my first blowing my mind Of course, I, you know, moved on from there to all kinds of other, like, I'm a huge music fan. So, like, going to concerts, um, Audio Adrenaline, Newsboys. Yes. DC Talk. DC Talk. And uh, actually, Abby, you'll laugh because um, Abby has come to know, she loves Toby Mac, but she's come to know DC Talk through me. And uh, they, DC Talk recently did the newer song, and the video we were watching showed some of their concerts from when they were DC Talk. And she was like, I forget how she exactly she asked the question, but she was like, Mom, did you ever, wouldn't it have been cool for you to see DC Talk in concert? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, honey, I have. And she was like, oh my gosh, really? You're that old? That old. She couldn't believe that it had been. That's a lie. (laughs) She just could not believe that I had actually seen DC Talk in, in concert. <laughs> Abby, the first time I saw DC Talk in concert was Creation down in Harrisburg. Mm. They came in on a helicopter while they were singing uh, New Thing. And you hear them, you know who's doing it? And that's all they would sing. And you're like, where are they? Where are they? And then you hear the choppers, thump, thump, thump. You know who's doing it? Thump, 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 thump. God is doing a new thing. And then here, you see this helicopter come like, they're not on a helicopter singing. Yes, they are. And then they mm-hmm. um, they came down, like, rappelled down, and they just sang the whole time. I was like, yep, this is, this is a group for me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Between them and especially my favorite concerts ever are the Newsboys. Just some of the stuff they've done, especially with the drumming. With the drummer up yeah. upside down and yeah. wheeling around. Yeah. I saw them. They did that at Bloomsburg University when I was in high school. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. It was, I was in the front row. Because my mom was also a concert fanatic. And we went yeah. to all the concerts. And it was usually we were in the front row. So I've, I've seen some I've seen some really good concerts when I was a, a teenager because she was a wild child. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and my mom started really getting into, the mu- into all of that type of music once I exposed her to it. I feel like she didn't even know 
that there was anything besides Sandy Patty out there. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> Sandy Patty probably the vo- first voice I know I heard was my house. <laughs> I think Amy Grant was close behind. Yeah, yeah. I definitely knew Amy Grant. Yes. Just the two of them. That, that was yeah, about it. Absolutely. Um, so then you you meet, how do you meet Noah then? <laughs> so that's another one because I grew up in the household that I did. My mom is very much naive and I think that I am naive in a good way but in a bad way sometimes and so you know like I always look at everyone and and I meet them for the first time or if I've known them for many years you'll find a naivety in me and that I feel like I go against the grain and thinking I have to remind myself of what we are as sinners because I always look at people from a positive aspect. Like, you're a good person. You're going to treat me well. Like, I'm always considering that. She made incorrect assumptions about me. Yes. So that leads us to Noah. (laughs) I love this already. So that leads us to Noah. So I meet this guy. Well, so I'm hanging out with this other guy that I've dated off and on for quite a few years. And so... They show up to my house, and uh, he's inviting me to come over and, and go to a pool party. And he's got his friend driving, and that would be Noah. Okay. <laughs> and so he comes up to the house. He asks my parents if I can come to the pool party, and they say, okay, sure. They know his parents, and we've known each other for a while. So we go to walk down and go to get in the car, and uh, my now husband... Uh, it starts driving away. It's that thing where like funny. someone's reaching for the door. Oh, so yeah. you like burn out and yeah. drive a couple of feet and then oh, no, I won't do it again. They reach for the door and you burn out and drive away. Yeah, but the so. front of her house is gravel. So I'm like kicking rocks everywhere. Uh-huh. And like her mom's watching through the window. Perfect. This like hoodlum in this massive green car. Love it. Yeah. So so Nate and I, his his very close friend, Nate and I are standing there trying to get in the car. So we eventually do get in the car. We go to the pool party and um well, let's really date our relationship. Let's date it. How did we actually get to know each other, like in depth and intimately, and become friends? What were we using? You had a handle on it. Oh, oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, AOL Instant AOL Messenger. Instant oh, Messenger. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Man, we are on the dial-up. So we yes, had to, on the yeah, dial-up. Yeah, we had to transfer <laughs> yep. to that. So I basically met him at the at the pool party. Um, he met some of my friends that were girls that also thought that Noah was cute, mm. and so uh, he was a very shy, shy individual, like extremely shy. Really? Which he's not that way now, but just to think of how shy he was, like I was had to be very forward in letting him know that I was interested in him because. Huh. He was very nervous around girls. I think you flat out said, I'm interested in you. I it was did. that bad. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you still get it then? Or we were like, nah. nah <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yeah. I had to ask for the ride home, you know, wow. like the things that you have to do to try to get someone to like really. Yeah. So, so were you guys in, was this high school? Or this so high school. school. So high school. The, the, our ages, our ages at this time sound scandalous, but Ash and I are, um, are a year and six months apart. But okay. at this point, she's 15 and I'm 17. Okay. Like I just turned 17 and 17 and she's just about to turn 16. Um, same, and, uh, and same high school? Yeah, same okay. high school. Yeah, and funny enough, uh, from my side of things, I had been to Vision. Have you heard of the Vision? It's like a, a mini creation oh, festival. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, over in Kogan Station. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, so I had been there and I met a boy who was a singer of oh. a Christian band. And so, uh, who is now my local mom, to this area. 
Yeah, so my mom, my mom was taking me to visit him. He lived in Sealands Grove, and so I was like all about finding this Christian boy, and so that's how it really started huh. because it just kind of fell apart. Nice guy, but just like you know, teenagers didn't work out, mm. and I was pretty well heartbroken over the idea of you know like this Christian guy was not very nice to me again. That naivety in me, and so uh, then that next night, basically right after this guy was like, "No, we're not going to hang out anymore." I that's when I had um, my ex boyfriend come up, uh, invite me to the pool party, and that's when I met Noah. Huh. It sounds very nice from your perspective. From our perspective, it was a boring summer day, and we're like, let's get some girls over here to the pool. And <laughs> yes, that's about right. My buddy, yeah. <laughs> I love it when the truth comes out. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy, Shetty, who is like my best friend, dated her in kindergarten. And oh. then again in what? No, like no, not kindergarten. Grade? We didn't date in kindergarten. <laughs> Abby just gasped. We did, not, we did not date in kindergarten. No, but it was it was elementary school and then again in middle school. And uh, he's like, yeah. So we went down to the, the town carnival and we just found some girls. And then we went and picked them up. And But yeah, we exchanged things to messenger names. And then she invited <laughs> me to church. And that's how we kind of like got to know each other. I um, went to his soccer games. He played yeah. soccer. So... We yes. did those type of things to try to and that was start talking. 24 years ago. Yes. Football wow. games, going to dances, you know, like all the typical things that teenagers do to hang out. So how did you guys uh, make it? Like, did you go to the same college then? No. So uh, <laughs> what ended up happening is um, we were, it, it sounds really corny and, and dumb now but i would say and you can back me up on this i would say even at three months into our relationship we were talking about marriage wow like we were saying like oh we should we're gonna get married someday like it was that serious of a, of a connection and even to this day like she is absolutely it's sound it's trite every guy says it but this woman is ex exactly my best friend like we finish each other's sandwiches we're we're just on the same <laughs> page with everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> sentences yeah uh but <laughs> So we knew, we just basically planned our lives around this this knowledge that hey, we're going to get married someday. So it was uh, I graduated first, ended up taking a year off, and then kind of going to college and being I burned out completely from college, didn't succeed the first time. And uh, when she graduated, she was very motivated and knew exactly what she wanted to do. So I said, "Fine, I will support you while you go, and I figure out what I want to do." So she went to Lockheed University, majored in secondary education math. Uh, we ended up getting married two years into her college career. When I was 20. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, after she graduated. And that was four and a half years dating in. Yeah, four and a half wow. years dating in. We got married. And then when she graduated LHU, she got a job in Mount Pocono uh, as an eighth grade math teacher uh, at the Pocono Mountain School District. And mm -hmm. we're like, okay, that's, and from Jersey Shore, that's like two and two hours and 20 minutes away. So we got to figure this out. And I had been accepted at the Pennsylvania College of Technology for graphic design. And uh, so we said... Which they didn't have that degree a lot of places at right. that point. So mm -hmm. we had to really figure out yeah. my job, his college, where are we going to be to kind of... So Bloomsburg was right in the middle. Huh. So that's where we ended up in Bloomsburg. And uh, we were real fortunate, got some really good advice from family and friends and ended up taking what money we had and... It was 2006 before the housing bubble burst. Okay. So, okay. Just a total aside on how crazy banking was in 2006. I had a job at a, a radio station making like maybe $6,000 a year. 
and a job at Walmart, maybe making another $6,000 a year. So totally making like 12 grand a year. And she has a promissory note from a school district to make $30,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And we went to a bank with that. <laughs> and they approved us for $250,000. Oh my gosh. And they told us we could buy a house. And I was like, I'm not old enough. I don't think you're, I, I think you're confused. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I can afford a $250,000 home. I'm not allowed to buy a house. I so was so confused. We had some very, very wise friends and family who looked at the promissory note from the bank and said, you can't afford that. Yeah. Here's wow. what you could probably afford. And we ended up finding a house well within our budget and uh it was supposed to be our five-year home and we're starting year 16 in that oh, house okay. wow. nice. and uh we are like we're, we're all in now we're like we're never moving we, we love <laughs> we, we love where we live and we love the area and so that's how we ended up like here and and how we managed college so um, we drove took turns, opposite basically. directions about an hour each wow. yeah. for a good chunk of time until I got a job closer. Mm. And then when he graduated, he got a job right in town. So, yeah. Is that the job you have now? That's no, central. no. I actually, so when I graduated, I didn't get a job right away at all. And I was working at Lowe's uh, doing kitchen designs mm. and selling appliances and uh, graduate with a degree in graphic design. Uh, I love the work. I love doing it. But I know that if I really want to have a job, I got to move to like Pittsburgh or Philly or Allentown. Mm. And I don't really want to do that. So I just look in the paper and I see a job at Susquehue Cyber Charter School uh, mm. for someone who knows Apple computers and wants to get a job just cleaning them and shipping them. So I got a job at Susquehue Cyber Charter School cleaning laptops and shipping them out and doing basic and like tier one tech support when a kid would call in with a problem and worked in that position until I leveraged it to be a specialist and then leveraged that to be the director of technology after a few years and then turned that position into a position at Central. Um, I work at Central Columbia now and leveraged that into another position and then leveraged that into my current position, which is uh, basically director of technology we have a head who is who's the title director of technology handles the admin stuff but um we do all the work yeah uh and uh i'm really hoping that when he retires here in four years that i'll just take the mantle um so uh from cleaning computers to that and I, there's not a day i get in my car where i'm like i basically have a routine when i go through my prayer i'm like thank you lord for another day thank you for gas in my car and a car that starts thank you for this job that i did nothing to get mm. like because i i didn't like i'm a graphic design major i'm an illustrator Mm. I'm not a tech director, but he there put me are. in that position through, you know, learning on the job and, and having good people around me. And mm. yeah. So now he just does graphic design on the side. Nice. Yeah. So I get to do, I get to be really choosy. Yeah. And uh, I'm an illustrator at heart. So I, I basically do a lot of illustration for, um, for people. And I get to be very, very picky about like, when people come up to me like, hey, will you do this? Uh, I'm booked up. <laughs> so it, it's it's better than it being my income source because then I'd have to do, you know, all kinds of weird commissions that I don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And Ashley, you you were, went from a teacher of eighth grade at Mount Pocono. I know I know where you are now, but what was the what was your journey from there to where you are now? So, uh, yeah, I was hired in the Poconos, huge boom in the Poconos. A lot of people started to want to 
um, live there instead of in the city in New York City because of the cost and so um, basically I I was I had my job before I even graduated like like many months before because they I went to a job fair and they were there and I went to the interview and they hired me right off the bat I started out in a brand new building (laughs) gorgeous just built it was a dream um i will not lie i taught block scheduling i taught eighth grade all day long so i taught three classes a day uh about an hour and a half and then i had an hour and a half prep and my lunch and um, i taught the same thing all day so prep wise it wasn't a whole lot of work so then it switched to be um a lot of people started moving out of the area and then there were talks of potential um, layoffs and things like that and at that point we were really praying we wanted to start considering having a family and I didn't want to be driving all the way to the Poconos Um, Mm -hmm. and so uh, I ended up being offered a position at Millville school district in the area went from huge school district very diverse (laughs) to Millville to very small (laughs) school district not very diverse at all but definitely my heart was there in the Poconos and my heart was there when I was I I just love to teach it's definitely my calling from God I don't make very much money doing it but I absolutely love it and so um, I taught in the in uh, at Millville for 11 years until uh, just last year, where I started uh, teaching online uh, with Agora Cyber, Cyber Charter School. And uh, while I was at Millville, I was teaching a lot of courses. I definitely know a lot of math at this point. <laughs> I have taught every high school math course known to man, except for actual AP Calc. I've taken I've taught calculus, but not. AP Calc. That's about the only course I haven't taught. And so I've mostly uh, built courses from the ground up because I was the only teacher teaching them. Wow. And so, um, you know, I know what an entire Algebra 2 course looks like. I know what an entire, any math course you can think of in the high school. Um, I l- have a huge passion for um, preparing students for college or just helping them to understand math and enjoy it. That's no my, one does that, right? My big goal, <laughs> it is. which is kind of funny. We're talking about it because today I got an email from one of my students. Uh, she's an asynchronous student, and uh, she emailed me today to say, "So asynchronous means she doesn't come to my live sessions. I don't talk to her very often, but except through email. Mm-hmm. When she emails me to say, hey, this happened in class today. That was funny, whatever.' So she emailed me today and um, thanked me so much for how." I am a laid back teacher, but at the same time, teach math Mm. and make it an enjoyable experience where we can have fun. And that's my goal, where we can have fun in the class period, but also I can help students understand something that is So you you texted me the picture. (laughs) I did. So she really (laughs) wrote, I just wanted to say, I think you're a great teacher. Your tasteful balance of casual and learning centeredness which is welcome in a subject that one of the most difficult ones for most people she forgot a word there that is one of the yeah sincerely kid's name that's awesome yeah Yeah. wow so i do regularly get those in my new district where i teach now and so it has been a huge blessing because um i love teaching at millville but one thing i didn't get was really any type of recognition Mm. or there was just so much going on because it's such a small small district and there's so many things that need to happen that 
just they need to happen it's like you're in survival mode for most things and so I've enjoyed the slowdown of my new job I teach just geometry and honors geometry so I've been able to really put a huge focus into it and put more passion into it and um so I do, I really, really enjoy it. So the coolest thing is that I regularly get from my students emails like that where they're like, Mrs. Hennig, I am having fun learning math this year. And that really has always been my goal. So to now start to actually get some of those kids saying, I'm having fun. I, I like learning math. I've had students even at Millville tell me that over the years, but it really has been my goal because math is such a struggle for students. Mm-hmm. And especially in the high school if I can get them to understand it at least a little bit better or see how things work together, that's my goal. That's a lofty goal. It is. But hey, it sounds like you're crushing it. Yeah, I like it. So then almost 11 years ago, a special little child came into your life (laughs) (laughs) named Abby. Is it Abigail? Um, You can call me either, I don't care. Abigail, Abby. My full name's Abigail though. Abigail. Okay. Do you have? Do you share your mom's love for math? Sometimes. Sometimes. What would you be your favorite subject? This is. Uh, I don't really have one. You don't like have them all one. Equally. You like them all. You like them. You like school. Yes. What you, you? Do you have a favorite part about school? No. That's true. So you go to. Sure. So you're you're part of the cyber school, right? Yes. But you. This is your second year first this is your first year with it and where were you before you started cyber school columbia county christian school so you then you went to uh, you went to school yeah and now you don't you like this better yeah yeah um what do you like about it other than the fact that you don't have to wake up you get to do things on your terms what'd you guys do this week that was awesome you did it oh. She's thinking. She's looking at her dad like. Mm. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's got three heads. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> How do you forget Panera? I forgot. <laughs> so you did school at Panera? Yes. Did you so get to eat and? Yes, I did. What did you eat? Um. Mac and cream cheese. Of, uh, yeah. Cream of chicken and, and wild rice. rice soup. And wild oh, that's a good one. She always nice. forgets the name of it, Did but you see she Pastor loves Eric it. Eric, while you were there at Panera Bread? No. <laughs> <laughs> he does like Panera Bread. No. He does. <laughs> so it's surprising we've gone twice and sat there for several hours and. Wow. Should be like a segment of the show. So where have you seen Eric? Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the weirdest Over place the you've years seen Eric? Over the years in his sermons, he's talked about going to Panera Bread. That's so, true. You know, a lot of us know yeah. that, he go- that he likes to go to Panera Bread. Oh, that is true. <laughs> do you play any sports or do anything extracurricular? Swim team. You're on the swim team? Mm-hmm. Swim. Wow. What's your, now do you have different events, right? They have like... Yes. What What's your event? It's different every time, most of the time. She's okay. Saying, what's the one you like? Oh, yeah. What's the one you like? Yeah. Breaststroke. The breaststroke. That one's hard. She actually does really well with the breaststroke, which I always thought looked like one of the harder ones. Yeah, Besides I, it butterfly. does look like hard. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Butterfly. Forget that. 
but she does very well like with her li- longer limbs she just oh, she nice. just like flows that right across help. the pool <laughs> yeah that's what they say it's a I taller one i believe ones. we always see i think it's your nephew yeah i got two nephews that are on the swim both team both the nephews yeah, yes yeah. yeah a younger one and an older one yeah yeah they they swim for that central columbia <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real funny. But much younger is what I'm pointing out. So much I forgot younger. about the younger one. Yeah, he's just in first grade. Yeah, first grade, I think. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. I would not know, but I do remember now that there were two there of them. There are two. The one, but I do yeah. watch the older one a lot more often. A couple weeks ago, it was I was like him and another boy were neck and neck, and I was like, who's going to get this? Who's going to get this? It was really fun. He's He's gotten real good. He's, this nice. is his third or fourth year, and – and he, we, they have a pool, so we're there all summer long. And man, watching him fly around the pool is insane. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how she came to really like or figure out that she would like swim team was she loved swimming in the pool all the time. So. Yep. Nice. So, how did you guys discover then uh, Bloomsbury Christian Church? <laughs> uh, so we were, we kind of had a, a year when we moved here where we really fell out i would say um just like we weren't reading we weren't praying we weren't having regular time with god because we didn't have a, a, a place to plug into um we came from a christian missionary alliance church in jersey shore uh called mountain view christian missionary alliance church and we were like involved in children's ministry there and we were youth leaders there and uh just really tied in and we went from that to having nothing in the area um and driving an hour and 10 minutes both directions all yeah. week long <laughs> so we don't we yeah we didn't want to go very uh, far away and we tried we we bounced around to every non-denominational church we could find in the area um well, or, all didn't actually we tried well we we, we tried uh Elysburg alliance and we stayed there for a bit That's and a they actually church right here. yeah they actually asked us to be uh youth leaders there um <laughs> it's a church i grew up in leaders. yeah yes yeah i grew up in that church yeah we, we <laughs> met a lot of your family there yes yeah. um they asked us to be youth leaders there we're not caught well college college age ministry yeah. leaders mm. um and we, we we adopted that for a few months but it just wasn't the right fit and uh, driving out to Gillesburg every Sunday got a little. Oh yeah, we did it from Catawissa stuff. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. like you know driving all week long, and uh, we were just getting really frustrated. And we had mentioned to her aunt who lives in Millville um, that we're just we're really looking for something, and she came here on a Thursday night for a Weight Watchers meeting. Oh, and uh, yeah, it, <laughs> whenever I tell this story, Eric usually will say after it, and like you know something along the lines of me throwing my aunt-in-law under the bus for going <laughs> to Weight Watchers. <laughs> but that's what she was doing here. She was here for a Weight Watchers meeting and um, she noticed a, a bunch of college-age people like playing volleyball out here on the side. Uh, and um, she said, you should check it out. So we came, I think it was maybe the following Thursday or something after it and the group was called The Fold and, and Brock's very familiar with The Fold and uh, it was just um, Rob and Missy Barron uh and Andy Hemsarth and Patrick Anderson um, were kind of, and I think there was, I cannot remember, his name is leaving me now. He was in a band. He also ran Are it. Are you talking about Aaron Lepley? No, not Lepley. Lepley wasn't running it. Mm. Um, but anyway, it was just a, this great college ministry that um, wasn't really like, hey, let's just hang out. It was, all right, we had fun, but we're going to sit down and we're going to read the Bible. And it was just flat out, we're going to read the Bible. Mm. 
and then have discussion. And then whenever the discussion would come up, anything that was said was weighed. All right, you said this about it. Let's see if that's true. And like we weighed everything we said and it was immediately like the deepest thing we'd ever been involved in. And um, that's what got us to start coming here was uh, the fold. And then we ended up um, going up and actually helping to run the fold after you know, people had moved because it was run by college kids. So as they graduate and move on. Okay. Um, but uh, we ran, we helped run that. And then it got to the point where it was very large, um, like a, a good night. We would have upwards of 40, 45 people. Wow. Um, and it got to the point where we're like, okay, we need to kind of break up and, and go out and start smaller things. And people moved away. And uh, a lot of the people like, um, you know, Lisner and Lepley were a big part of it. And for a time there, the Andersons had moved away as well. Um, like just, it was uh, falling apart in the sense that we were all just growing up and moving on. We weren't college age anymore. Yeah. Um, but we stuck around because uh, of Eric. I mean, Eric's why we stuck around. Um, and then ended up getting tied into um, great guys here like like Al uh, and um, Skip and Charlie and uh, John. Uh, just all these guys that I did morning Bible studies with that uh, were just filled that gap at the fold left and uh, really got me to the point that I am today of just of knowing my word and, and knowing where I stand and it's been a huge part of why we came here was the fold and a huge part of why we stuck around was Eric and uh, the elders here yeah I don't know if you want to be a part of the podcast or not. Well, yeah. <laughs> for the record, actually, I am actually on here on my computer. I know, making sure I know. That giving us lots of faces. everything makes its way on. Have to you been live tweeting this? Like, what are you doing over there? I'm not live tweeting. You know, Rob, actually, it was funny because I wanted to have a conversation with Jen the other day because yeah. we've never really talked about this and. I knew who you were from the fold, but we never sure. had like a whole lot of like direct contact of like knowing each other, even though yeah. we were in the fold together. You came in, I think, on a, a later end. Like, I don't remember if you came for very long. Yeah, I think. And I didn't even know if Jen like had ever been here. 2010, 2011-ish. Around that time, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah I so I was trying to figure out yeah. if you and Jen were together then or no. if she no. had ever been to the fold, if I had ever met her and didn't realize it. Like, I, it's funny, like, we talk, but we've never talked yeah, about no, she was she was off on her own at that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> doing, her, doing her thing. <laughs> Brock was I was re- dating somebody else, but. Uh, yeah. And Brock was real young looking, and he just had this little tiny, like. Like, like he dipped his chin in chocolate, like this little <laughs> chocolatey goatee right on the bottom of his chin. He yeah. was very young. Yeah. He, hadn't, he reached, was 20, hadn't reached the level where they unlock the full the beard. The full beard unlocked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was still working on that. Yeah, yeah I didn't ha- I didn't pay for that uh, that DLC yet for the full beard. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> no. But thank goodness I did, right? Because then we'd have to say between a beard and a soul patch yeah <laughs> that doesn't sound as good between a beard and a soul patch i don't know i'm kind of thinking it does my wife would veto it so quickly she'd be like not a chance but it's kind of wordy listen she's away for the weekend <laughs> you could grow it back by you imagine if i if she came back and oh I, my gosh <laughs> Yeah, so Noah, you're on a worship team. So, you know, 
how's that? You know, because you gotta have to like deal with me on a regular basis. So. I I dealt with you when you <laughs> arrived, and I was incredibly intimidated by you, which is which is hilarious now because you and I have That's a good right. a good uh, wow. rapport. But I was very intimidated by Brock when he arrived because I am I am a mediocre drummer. And I was very. That's not true. Yeah, but I'll, I'll yeah. call. Yeah, yeah, really I can, true. I can, I can play here on Sundays. But yeah, anyway. And I was intimidated by Brock coming in because I didn't know your level, and I didn't know you were a yeah. mediocre guitar player. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't it's know fair. your. <laughs> it was. It, it was more of not your level. It was more of I didn't know who you left, sure. like what kind of team you were used to, and yeah. uh, we were very um, haphazard worship team here and and just kind of like um you know here are the papers we got them the day of sure. like here's the song we're doing and uh yeah that sounded all right let's you know that kind of that's how we were yeah. and i was intimidated when you came in but um yeah it's been, it's been great um drumming is uh is something that i picked up late in life um so more about my crazy childhood the reason we lived in the dc area is my dad is a professional drummer so Oh. He was uh, in the Marine Corps band, and he was a part of the President's Own, which is the band that plays when the president gets off Air Force One. They played nice. inauguration. That's um, awesome. So he's a percussionist. He was gigging around all of my childhood as part of a jazz trio. And then um, as an adult, he's a part of the Sony Pictures Orchestra. So he did all oh. the percussion for, like, The Force Awakens, and, like, he's done percussion for uh what was the game there was a game that came out recently that he's the percussionist on it like he's he's a professional drummer and it was what comes along with having a father who's a professional musician uh comes infidelity so that's how i i don't have a mm. full-time dad so uh <laughs> so about the time all that was happening with me actually that that whole thing about me walking into my mom's room and hallucinating that was like the month my dad left so it was wow. like a big month um, yeah. So I didn't have him around, and it was like I had this world-class drummer that I would wanted to learn from as a kid, but I saw him for one month in the summer once a year because huh. um, he moved mm. to California. Uh, so I had no opportunity and um, always been a regret of mine, and I tried to fill it with many things. My wife likes to remind me that at one point I tried to fill the musical void with a penny whistle. Um, oh, my word. In my defense. I was telling that story the other day. He's like, don't tell that story. In my oh, defense, <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring had just came out, oh, yeah. and it, oh, and it very heavily so featured important. the penny whistle. <laughs> what about the triangle? Where are, you, where are you at on the hey, triangle? The penny whistle takes a little bit of skill. It's not like instantaneous. Uh, but then I, I tried to fill that void with a guitar as well. Like when I was in the fold, I had like um, Rob Barron and Aaron Lepley and uh, Tim Carnes. Like all those guys were there and they were willing to teach me. Mm. And then I bought the guitar and Tim left and Aaron left and, oh. <laughs> and Rob left. And I'm sitting here with my guitar like, oh, I don't have anybody to teach me anymore. And it was about that time that uh, they had been coming here for a little bit, but I started to get to know them, the Kellers. Hmm. And uh, they had asked me to um, meet with their son, um, you know, after after church on Sundays and just be like a guy who's like in his late 20s uh, talking to their kid, you know, just kind of mentoring, um, sharing life lessons, things like that. And uh, their son is an amazing drummer and he was on praise team. And uh, I was talking with Ed one day and I said, like, yeah, he's a really great drummer. And it was always a regret of mine. I always wish I could have drummed. 
And he's like, so go drum. And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to be 30 here in like, <laughs> in like a month. Like there's no point in me starting drumming now. He's like, I'm taking lessons and I'm older than you. And, he's, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I guess. Yeah, sure. He's like, here's my guy. And he gave me uh, Dave Eisenhower's number. And then I, I called Dave up and he said, yeah, sure. Come on out. And it turns out that Dave Eisenhower and my dad learned from the same guy in Philly. So huh. small world. But I started going to lessons with Dave Eisenhower and then it was maybe like two or three years later I got the courage to ask Lisa Lidner if I could sit in on just a few worship sessions just to get used to playing with live people and uh, now I physically itch like my skin itches mm. if I have to put like a block week in because I get so much worship and praise and I get filled up out of being there mm. I have a hard time talking about it because it seems like I'm saying like oh I just love performing it has nothing to do with that my wife can attest to you, I, I'll show her my heart rate thing on my Apple Watch. Yeah. And it's always mm -hmm. like when Eric's about to say, and as the praise team makes their way to the front, my heartbeat will spike to like 100. <laughs> like I, I still, I don't, I don't like being up there. Yeah. But I get so much out of the worship. Yeah. Like most times you'll watch me, my eyes are closed up there because it's just me and God and the instrument. And mm -hmm. I just get so much out of it. And at this point, Brock has pushed me to learn more and to push myself more and to play more to you know what i'm feeling in the song spiritually and he's always there to say like if i tried something new he'll like turn a little now he has to turn the other way because he changed sides on the stage but he'll <laughs> turn a little bit and he'll just give me like a head nod like yep yep like he can he can absolutely tell that the music's not coming from a sheet and it's not coming from you know what i learned on the worship initiative videos it's coming from a place of worship mm. and to not have that certain weeks like i'm dreading the summertime because i'm basically gone all summer yeah and it's like that void is empty and and uh god's really ministered through me so much i just i mean i love i love that feeling of just worshiping so intensely like that and i'm sure that that i know that my wife gets that out of singing i don't so i can look out there and I'll, sometimes I'll ask her, like, I'll be nervous about how it went that week. I'm like, did I sound really terrible? I sound like I was, like, off this week. She's like, I have no clue. I'm just worshiping. I don't, <laughs> I don't hear you at all. <laughs> and I'll, like, I, her eyes are closed. Like, yeah, so it's that, like, level of, like, filled up. Although I, I do get a lot of blessing. I've told him on quite a few occasions I get a lot of blessing out of, uh, you know, what he does. And I feel like he's already expressed that, but. I've on many occasions, and again, Brock, we've become good friends with him, but I don't ever, I don't think I ever fully okay, tell friends. him how much of a blessing mm. it is. Like just, it's, it's the coolest thing to see someone and what God has called them to do and see it just come so naturally, not because of anything of themselves, because if it were up to us, I think we would really mess it up, mm. but just to see God use us and we've talked on multiple occasions where you've said that you felt called, like, you know, this is where mm. you're supposed to be. And so it's just a really cool thing to see. I was actually telling my neighbor about you yesterday yeah. because it's, it's the idea of having someone leading me, a pastor leading me in the church to worship and feeling like he's worshiping and he's not here to mm. be leading me but instead he's here to be worshiping while I'm worshiping it might be his job but it's still him just worshiping and so I feel like he's really brought Noah along a lot not only in his drumming but just 
allowing him to see worship in a way that works for him because sometimes just singing for him isn't fully worship mm. so it's cool to see that yeah god has used noah a talent that he has that he is not mediocre at <laughs> you're not <laughs> no that he is not mediocre at to to use him to to bring about worship it's just i think it's a, a really cool thing i really love worship so to yeah. see the beauty in it from people having a talent i'm not i have no talent in music whatsoever i can't hey, i'm sing. right there with you yep i can't play an instrument mm. i can dance i can't do like, that like like lyrically i can <laughs> dance but i can't keep mm. a beat i can keep a beat dancing but i can't keep a beat from an instrument yeah. the way you're supposed to um so just to see other people and their talents like even just the other night sitting there yeah. at worship practice and and listening to aim and sing yeah. I will become very emotional over knowing someone's background story, like Eamon, the the issues he had with not being able to sing. Like he, I know I've heard that he's had he had like some sort of vocal mm. issues where for a, a period of time he couldn't worship and couldn't sing. So it's just really cool to see people be able to worship God in the way that they're blessed to be able to. Yeah. What was the original question? Worship is nice. I like it. That was, yes. I think that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, we'll just stick with worship is nice after that, right? Yes. <laughs> I think it's great. It, it's, it's it been really a is. And it's, blessing. A, I mean, it really is. It's a huge blessing, even, you know, for me. I mean, you. I know how you said about, you know, having to get used to me and, and trying to figure out me, but, you know, I'm doing the same thing. And, and I think it's the, the neat thing. And I, you know, we've kind of talked about this off and on over probably about the past year or so as I've, kind of we're moving into year three here with me being here and and just uh you kind of get past the the awkwardness of like who's who what can they do and 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 trying to figure out you know your team and getting to a place where we're now we're not doing so much of that as much as we can just be there and we don't you know our rehearsals are getting shorter not because we you know we don't want to be there but because we're just getting so much more used to what's you know what, what we're gonna pr- be prepared for for sunday and a total aside on that yeah last night we had brace team practice yeah we normally go until about 8 8 15 yeah real bad night where we're having trouble hitting things like 8 25 8 30 we get done at seven nineteen last night and you said okay i guess we're done and i think i said to you this doesn't feel right like yeah. i feel like <laughs> we didn't it's not that we we like were flaking on our responsibilities it was more like i didn't get enough out of tonight mm-hmm. yeah and right. then Eamon right. even said let's do every song again like i'll stay here and do every song again because <laughs> i didn't get that that like that that fill up it's like it's right. like pouring the spirit directly into yeah. me through worship yeah. and and uh having just that brief time wasn't yeah. enough last night right and now i'm like uh, i'm i'm excited for sunday i'm excited yeah. Like, I get just as much out of being there when it's just us on Thursday night, the exact same. Because yeah. even if we're packed or no one shows up, it's still just me and God or you and God. And that's what worship is. It's not yeah. a performance or anything like that. It's it's I'm using the instrument that's in front of me or you're using your vocal cords yeah. to praise, you know, yeah. to be in the presence of God and to lift him up. Yeah. Like we are that star that's six billion miles away. We yeah. are showing his glory 
and that's just i love it yeah and i, I would echo that i mean i i think you know just the the fact that our you know our rehearsal times sometimes can be as impactful or you're even more impactful for us than sunday morning you know i I do think is a great indicator of the target of our of our time and our talent and um yeah it's just it's when you have nights like that you know you just uh it definitely you know i think everybody we had this text thing going back and forth about everybody just having gone through a difficult week and then getting that team together and worshiping and praising together and just seeing that be so impactful just individually for us um you know it's just that blessing you know it's a it's a blessing and that's what you know we're looking to do we're we're looking to bless god and to bless each other with with uh with worship and so yeah i mean year three we're, we're chugging along and you know it's I, you know I, I don't you know it's not stuff like this just doesn't happen you know in my, in my experience you know I've i've seen I've been in tough places and and I've been in hard places where just you, things just didn't click and and you're just in the grind the whole time. Um, but uh, it's been, really been a blessing to be here at BCC and uh, you know it's glad to be a part of a team that I think is just uh, got your back and you've got theirs too and and you all want to do your best not because it's a performance but because you know we're called to give our best to God and, and we're called to do that. And, and so I know we, we always challenge, we're always challenged with that idea of performing, but you know, it's definitely not a, a, a worry that I have when I get up there with you guys. Cause I know where you guys are at and, and you guys know where I'm at too. So yeah, we'll just keep chugging along. Keep, keep, uh, keep pushing in the right direction. Rocking and rolling as they say. Hey, you know. can rock and roll for Jesus. <laughs> you can. <laughs> We're running a little Rebecca St. James. Oh, yeah. Rebecca St. James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't even get me started. The, the grungiest of Christian the, music. Oh, yeah. Very grungy. <laughs> very grungy. I thought that was funny, too, actually. I was like, I well. know. I knew you were going <laughs> to like that. But in my, in my teenage eyes, that's go. what it was. Yeah. That was like Ashley's most rebellious grungy. phase, too. It was her, <laughs> right. her Rebecca St. James phase. Yeah. So Started funny. dating an atheist boy listening to Rebecca St. James music. Oh, my goodness. Man, you. I had an earring, too. It was bad. Oh, Whoa. You did. Oh, 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 oh boy! <laughs> All right, well, we might have matching shoes on Sunday. I don't know about getting matching earrings anytime. <laughs> no. <soon. laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man. I don't know if anyone's ever noticed that. For for those that don't know, Brock matches shoes with the drummer. So when Ed drums, I do. Brock wears Vans. <laughs> and it's the not so when I drum, anymore. he wears Chucks. I didn't know that. So yeah. he'll match the, the his shoes to the drummer. Yeah. And if the if he can't match the shoes to the drummer, he will buy the drummer's shoes so that he can match. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it just uh, you know, but it's one that of was those a church story things, yeah. growing up, right? Yeah. For you. And your your parents your follow your brothers that? matching. Yeah. Something? So you know, five brothers, and you know, you, the way you make sure that you don't lose anybody is you make them all look the same, <laughs> which actually is probably worse to do because then you say, well, I'm looking for this one with this, this, and this on. But but yeah, as a as a family, we'd. Uh, you know, if we were going to like Dorney Park or, gosh, anywhere, honestly, really anywhere, but like specifically Dorney Park, I remember like, uh, same color T-shirt might have been like the same tie-dye T-shirt. Um, yeah. So you know, if 
anybody got lost, you can just say, hey, he kind of looks like this one. (laughs) 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 But, yeah, you know, so, you know, to me, like, it's, you know, we're, you know, that bond and, you know, especially as a worship leader, you you have to have a good bond with your drummer. Like, it's like the heart and the soul. Um, And it, and that actually, you know, has developed so naturally for us, which has been, you know, it's a huge blessing. Um, And, uh, yeah, just kind of keep that role. And I said, you know, hey, that's my brothers. We always had to match. So, you know, my brother. So (laughs) here's a pair of white sneakers that you can't wear anywhere else. (laughs) I keep them them behind the drum kit because I can't wear them. I can wear them literally nowhere because they're pure. Even the soles are white. They're pure white. Wow. Right. Wow. Wow. They're true shoes. (laughs) You are learning, right? That's with me on this one. I had no idea. (laughs) You thought I was just going to sit over here monitoring all over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Finally, he speaks and he comes out with some nuggets. <laughs> well, the, the first one we did was last, you know, was was that last week? And I had no voice. I That's literally true. just got done singing that, that, that for that Sunday. And when well, I was two weeks ago now, but, um, and had, and just had no voice. And, and that, sure enough, that following week, I just could do nothing. So, um, it wasn't for lack of trying. Do we have a violinist? We need a bassist. <laughs> we do need a bassist. So if you're listening to the show and you happen to be a bass player. Aaron Klein, we're calling you out. Whoa. Yeah. Aaron <laughs> Klein, Greg Hamsarth. <laughs> we oh got a couple God. of names of people That's who right. vaguely That's know their right. way around a bass guitar. <laughs> yeah. You so don't if you're looking for your yeah. sign, you're looking for a call, Yeah, consider Here this, it is. Your, <laughs> this is your sign. I mean, you can just like a single note and just keep hitting it the whole song as long as we have that bass yeah in time with the kick drum we'll be we'll be good to go yeah 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 i mean if you happen to be as good as the the bassist from red hot chili peppers that's cool too so we'll take you too he has a name i don't know oh come on something something it's flea that's right. <laughs> Not even something, something. Sheesh, I knew that. And I don't know anything something. about that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, He's okay. Rebecca St. James basis. Well, come on. You're the other part of this bearded thing. You're supposed to have my back on that. I'm not the music guy. Oh, my gosh. You're the You're the guy. trivia guy, though. Listen, come I took on. him to trivia Monday night, and they had a question about worship. Worship uh, worship songs. It wasn't a So we're like, oh, song. give the phone to Brock. He's the worship leader. He's going to know it. No. Oh my gosh, it was not a worship song. Was it a Michael Card song? No, it was the Hallelujah song. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, I heard it's, the chord yeah. that David played. You know, the song from Shrek. Oh, now you know it. You yeah, didn't well, know it Monday night. <laughs> okay, well, there's reasons for that. <laughs> I know. It's the one that plays when Shrek is sad. <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, is that what it is? Well, yeah, I, think, the first I, think, I think we need to get the Hennings in on, uh, on that team. Yeah? That shall not be named. <laughs> Yes. What, okay. Trivia? <laughs> yes. I anyway, do, I like trivia, but I don't. I'm not good at it. I'm we don't want to support trivia. any one team over another trivia team. Is what we're getting at. Where is their trivia? <laughs> wink, wink. So there's trivia everywhere around here. Yeah. Yes. We've, um, we've so, oh, I, so you're just talking about regular trivia. Like regular, tri- okay. it's regular trivia. Oh yeah. yeah it's yeah, Monday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Monday night specifically is at the Cracker Barrel in Ketawissa, okay. which is too far. Sometimes it's yeah. more like irregular trivia. Depending irregular on who's trivia. There. Yeah, we've yeah. done trivia multiple places in the area. Sometimes yeah. I'm good at it. Sometimes I'm. 
so terrible. Same. I feel like if there's anywhere that we could win trivia, it would be the Cracker Barrel in Kettaway. Hey, now, you watch out. I'm a Kettawayzian, all right? <laughs> I, I, I did win the first. So you're I, Jersey Shore. I live, I live <laughs> in Kettawayzian <laughs> Township. There is no beach in that town. <laughs> we have this strategy where we like to just buy a lot of food because you get points for food for at least the one That's round. Right. So we're always, you know, oh, we usually do pretty for good for that food? first round. Really? <laughs> yeah. Keep I don't think I've pie. actually ever been in the. I live in Catawissa. I've never been in the in the Cracker Barrel. I've gone. It's the greatest place on earth. Well, guess what? One day. One day. All right, we gotta wrap this up. Yeah, this is well, more like trapped between yeah. two I think, beards. I think yeah. after. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, hey! You better we get trademark off of here <laughs> before <laughs> he starts getting. It's Friday night. I got I got cleaning to do. <laughs> <laughs> big night. Big yeah. night. Yeah. Big night. <laughs> well, it it it. Uh, thank you guys for for taking the time to to be a part of the show and and you know our, our our goal with this is always to help create community and and to help you know develop that by you know letting people know you beyond the typical hour that they usually have on a sunday morning you know some people depending on which service you go to you don't even see that other person so that's why we came up with between two beards not that so. you need more of a promo but you were telling us about this and you said that you had interviewed the boers last week and I was like immediately like I want to listen to that episode because yeah. I don't know them very well. Like we talk, yeah. like I I know them and I know their kids, but I don't yeah. really know them that well. And I was yeah. like, that's exciting to be able to listen to them and hear their story for forty five minutes or yeah. so. Yeah, you you got to trap people. You yeah, really yeah. got to entrap we should them. Rename and this. we've even been trapped like, between two beards. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new name. Really but we even did trivia on the one of the nights. The night that Family we did, Fun Friday. Yeah. Yep. And we yeah. were at their table. That's right. And we talked to them. It's just you don't, it's not always easy. Even right. We don't know their salvation story, right. how they met, like where they, where they went to college, like yeah. all that, the, the stuff that like grows deeper. And we're going on another tangent. You guys are trying to wrap it up. That's okay. Back to your outro. <laughs> They're trapping us yes. now. You're going to be trapped between <laughs> the You guys won third place that night, right? Yeah. Uh, third place that night? I thought you guys had third. Yeah. 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 We did. So got third. third. Something we like that. We did place. Because okay. you guys played Final Jeopardy. So we did. That so was the we top were, three teams. Yeah. We got yeah. second. second. Oh, you know we what? Second. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, but you I was were, like, maybe not. No, no, no. the college table kind of messed up that last question. And yeah. went to yes. third place. Because the last question yeah. answer was, San, it was Sandy Patty. Or was it Rebecca St. James? <laughs> I did do really well in the music round. Of the music the round was fun. <laughs> like, I know all of these. So, just real quick, I, I had a, I had a bunch of, like, because I'm from the yeah, 90s, like you guys yeah. are, and now all those are, like, that's 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 music to me. Oh, yes. So, I had played the, that trivia round with my family, and they were all like, this is too old. You have to take all these old music out. I'm like, old music? I will punch you people. <laughs> so, but yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, I thought so, too. Our table loved it. <laughs> oh, thank you. I need to do more of that. <laughs> Anyway, go yeah. ahead. Sorry, back to your outro. You're doing such a good job. Put me to sleep again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> till next time. This is where the music would fade up. You have outro music? Yep. Kind of. Right All about right. now. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Heading <Okay>, Family. <laughs>